Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. You know, guys, I am in a bit of a predicament this week. I mean, it, I feel like I'm so I'm in such a tough spot. I mean, I've got a lot of things to update you on. Uh, so I'm going to start with the good news and just get the good news straight up out of the way. There's a lot of really cool things that went down this week. Uh, some new updates, some new information that has gone on. So if you listen to the show, if you're a regular listener of the show, then you know that I've been um, hyping up uh, the last few months about this potential collaboration with this record label, Dumont Dumont. So uh, I'll just do a quick refresher on that uh, for those who might be hearing this for the first time or for those who might be uh, seeing this clip online. So uh, Dumont Dumont is a record label based in Sweden, ran by a guy named Magnus Bollmann. And we made contact a few years ago because I originally pitched him my album Simple Swimmer to see if he would take take me on as an artist and like officially released that record through his uh, label. And, um, you know, we just didn't see eye to eye on it or, you know, it just wasn't his cup of tea. So it didn't work out in the end, but we stayed in contact. And then, you know, years later, here and there, we would touch base about different things, sort of uh, always kind of keeping tabs on each other. And then um, cut to last year, I see that Jose Gonzalez, one of his artists, is coming to play one of my favorite venues in Munich. So, um just, you know, by coincidence, happening to know this guy, I reach out to him and I say, hey, Magnus, um, you know, this is probably a long shot, but is there any chance at all you could imagine that um, Jose Gonzalez doesn't have an opener from the label uh, traveling with him here to Europe? Maybe is there's a support slot available for this concert? And uh, by uh, by sheer luck, um, he says that uh, it should be free. So he, you know, he he didn't make any promises right right off the bat right off the bat. I mean, he was very kind and he was kind enough to um, suggest me to the touring agencies and stuff. It's so funny when you work in this business, you forget how many steps there are on the ladder. Like you forget how many people there are in line um, for you to get a yes or a no answer. And it's really interesting. But basically, um, he. <laughs> He sent my name off and said, like, well, good luck. You know, like, this is probably not going to happen, but I've, you know, I like your music. I think it might be a nice fit. And we sent it off. And anyway, in the end, it finally worked out that um, I got all these different approvals and uh, I got the agreement to do the concert. And so I, I played the concert. I got to meet Jose. He was very nice. The concert went very well. I think I played very well. I don't always say that. And... um and I told Magnus about this, and I said, hey, I think this was a great uh, choice, and I think that, um, you know, I'd love to do something like this again in the future. I really appreciate, you know, you um, giving me the opportunity. And so, because of that, you know, we were talking again, and he said that recently he had been spending some of his free time listening to my album before Simple Swimmer, which came out in 2018, uh, called 12 Songs for 12 Friends. And I said, oh, that's great. Well, I'm really glad to hear that you're enjoying it, and I hope that you like it, and, you know, um, thanks. And he uh, pitched the idea. He said, you know, I, I, I see a lot of potential in this record. I, I hear a lot of, like, beauty in this record. And 
he sees, you know, he was very complimentary saying he saw like a lot of, you know, nice songwriting. And um, he also could see that as an indie artist that maybe it just wasn't given the chance that it should have been given at the time, which is true. I mean, it's I, I can only blame myself, you know, so much for for the lack of success that that album might have seen. Um, and I mean, really, like at the end of the day, you kind of just look at when you don't get somewhere where you expect to go with music or with anything you create, you kind of do start just basically saying to yourself, well, it's just not good enough to break through the barriers, you know, and that was okay for me. It was like I I got, you know, a mild response to it. Sure, I would have hoped for more. I would have hoped for more touring and everything and more merch sales, but you know, it just is the way that it is. So I thought to myself, well, I know I know this is a great record. And if I died mysteriously under circumstances, only the police would never find out. If I if I died, if the body was never found and, and there was mysterious clues leading people in circles, and they and it was one of those things where it led to a Netflix documentary where there's conspiracy theories saying maybe it was a alien abduction. And another person said, oh, well, it had to be, you know, his coworker or it had to be, you know, like if, if oh, his best friend happened to be traveling by foot through, you know, the German woodlands at this, but didn't call him, didn't tell him he's coming by, um, you know, and like on the same, his star sign aligned with the birthday of, uh, um, you know, <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. And uh, anyway. Uh, if I died um, under mysterious circumstances, or in general, then I would be happy to know that that album would live on. And that was where I thought that was that story would end. And uh, Magnus basically, Magnus, sorry, basically said, "Yeah, let's um, let's you know, how do you feel about me? You know, basically relaunching this album under his uh, distribution, under his label, and what that means is." Um, we haven't, the, the album is, is, is still remains out the same way that it did when I originally dropped it. The, the streaming numbers uh, don't go anywhere. You don't see this. There was no gap of time where the record wasn't on the streaming platforms and then now it is again. You know, there was never a moment where um, there, it, the screen never went black or something. You know, it's just, it just means that um, the metadata, like the the little codes that represent the music on these platforms was just replaced by another company and so my job was to delete the representation that I set up myself through this um, self-distribution company and he did it he allowed his company his people to um, set up the record through their own so long story short or long story long that's basically where we are now it's officially done so um, I signed a contract with him he has licensed the album 12 songs for 12 friends uh, for 10 years and what that means is you know for the next foreseeable future hopefully we can put an, a, a whole new campaign into this record and get the music somewhere where it couldn't have gotten on its own a few years back that's that's what my goal is I think that's what his goal is too or I hope that's what his goal is too it sounds like it I think um, so far we're off to a pretty good start um, I saw this morning already that um, uh, well, I should mention that we're starting the, uh, the the campaign of like relaunching the album. We're focusing on two singles that I didn't focus on when the album came out. If you remember, for those who who did listen to my music, um, when the album came out, I focused 
a lot on the catchier, in my opinion, like the more sort of upbeat, sort of radio-friendly singles like Stars or Eye to Eye. Um, and what we're going to do is focus on the two songs that I probably should have always focused on, which is the... I mean, one of them is definitely more of the crowd favorite. Like James is this is this song that always did better with crowds. And for some reason, I just didn't take advantage enough to make it a single. I was very stupid about that. Uh, maybe I avoided it or something. I don't know. Or it was just, just bad business. It just happens. Just an amateur choice. But um, we're starting the campaign off with Most Famous Surprise, which um, of all the songs on the whole album, that one did the best, which is so funny to me. I just didn't expect that. It is a pretty song, and I am very, very happy with it. But it's so interesting how all of your intuition, all of the things you think you should plan or do with an album and how you imagine it's going to go down and how you think it should look or how it should be presented to people just actually sometimes is all wrong. It doesn't matter. And there, it's all going to be something different at the end of the day. And so Most Famous Surprise uh, ended up doing the best. It's been licensed in like some indie films. It's been licensed in television shows. What that means, licensed in this in this context, means that it was per the, the rights to use it in a certain media were purchased from me. So it's been used in a movie or two. It's been used in a TV show. Um, these big uh, YouTube bloggers with like millions of subscribers they they bought the rights to use it in one of their videos, and it all helps for exposure. It all helps. You know, it's a little money in the pocket. It's cool. And the song did the, the best out of all of them. So we're starting off the campaign with the most successful song. Let's kick it off with the strongest, powerful tool that the album has, Most Famous Surprise. And uh, it's been a great chance to like relive some of this magic a little bit. Um, I went and re-watched the video that my friend Bruno shot a few years ago. Man, I look like a completely different person in this old video. It's really wild, like huge thick beard my hair was completely different I looked like bigger wider my clothes were much grungier I don't understand I don't know what I was I don't know it's so funny like I feel like every year almost every year at least every 18 months my style or general appearance just completely changes if I was going to commit murder I would disappear into a crowd better than anybody I've ever known if I shave this mustache I have not, the, the mustache is the last, it's the saving grace of facial hair for me. If I, if I shave this mustache, nobody's going to recognize me. If I, th let's, all right, let's check this out. If I throw in some contact lenses, right? If I throw in some contact lenses, I shave the mustache. Oh, or I grow like an Amish style beard, like a chin beard with no mustache. So flip the whole thing on its head or just completely clean shaven. Um, maybe completely buzz my head, just go straight egghead um, with no glasses or uh, maybe a wig. With I mean, honestly, just shaving the mustache and not having glasses and just like slightly changing my clothing style, no one's going to recognize me. No one's going to know who I am. No one's going to know where I let... Where's Jordan? Guys, I haven't seen Jordan. In Have you seen Jordan? Anybody? Do you know where he is? Uh, we need we need to file a re police report. It's been enough time. Are you crazy? It's not. No, we don't have to file a police report just yet. Come on, let's not overreact here. Keep your keep your shit together, Deborah. There's no reason to overreact like that. Everything's gonna be fine. Calm down. He's not missing. He's not missing. I mean, that we. I mean, that's such a. We can't say that he's missing. You know, he's not missing. Okay, he's just 
He's just on a, he's on a, he's on a walkabout, you know, like, like, yeah, like, like, like Hank, like Hank, you know, his, his like his excuse, like he, he went into a fugue state, like in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Jordan went into a fugue state. He's just, he's just, you know, he's got, he's got too, a lot of things on his mind. He's got a lot of things on his plate and he's just, he's just panicking and he just needed to go clear his mind. He went for a walk in the woods. That's what it is. That, that. That's what it is, okay, guys? He went for a walk in the woods, okay? Yeah, sure, he left his phone here, which he's pretty much glued to, and that's not normal. That's not common for him, sure. Oh, and there's his AirPods, and oh, okay, well, there's his water bottle, which has never really left his hand in the last three years, but hey, you know what? Hey, it did, we went into a fugue state, okay? It's fine. He's not missing. Uh, I don't even know what led into the bit about Jordan's missing, but oh, because if I shaved my... If I can change appearances, I swear. But oh yeah, because the most famous surprise video looks so different. It's crazy. Um, like I have a video for the song Woman, which I did like two years before that. And it's also a completely different Jordan, a completely different appearance. Um, like my face fluctuates so much between like super fat and super thin. And also the facial hair contributes to that. It's like this weird, it's like I'm made of water. You know, you know, that, you know in the movie The Abyss, uh, with uh, Ed Harris when the the water I forgot what the water creatures called but you know what I'm talking about when you think about the abyss like this water snake that goes uh, like through this through the ship and they and then he and then the the snake like goes up to Ed Harris's face and then him and the other actress start like t trying to interact with it and they like kind of smile and then the thing like m morphs into a face and it like mimics the the actor's faces and then they do like a tongue out like mm, and it goes like mm, and then they smile like ah, and it goes like oh that's like this water blub scan face and how it morphs and changes constantly that's me in a in photos over a 18 month period basically long story short i i am the perfect person to be pressured into uh committing murder because honestly i'm pretty good at disappearing into how i look i i really um there's like okay i'll, I'll tell you what like i remember uh, not too long ago i posted a picture of me from high school there's a photo of me from high school with a big white tux that just is so baggy at the end, just like, it's like six inches too long, and just like stacks up like a bag of, like a bunch of trash bags by my ankles, like, you know, billowing over my, over my ankle. Um, these big, long, white pants and big white coat, and then I have this huge afro, no facial hair, just like little scragglies, no must, no mustache yet, just these like little scragglies that pop out, big red cheeks, tiny little eyes, and contact lenses, so... Completely different person from, you know, cut to uh, a picture of me uh, with my mom in New Orleans when she visited and I took her on a day around the city and I'm wearing my uh, a black, actually I'm wearing this black undershirt here that day, I remember that. Uh, it's a, I'm wearing uh, like a black rock t-shirt, uh, skinny jeans now because it's the early 2010s, uh, cuffed up, not Vans, but similar looking shoes and then like cool sunglasses and also and then a huge like thick beard uh looks like a completely different person also maybe like 20 pounds lighter than the high school photo or a little more and then you have like oh then you have like end of college jordan who was like mustache only super skinny super short hair baggy baggy clothes like super down buttoned baggy sort of like street 
clothes with boots, like worker boot style, sort of like blue collar, um, like blue collar chic sort of style, like bohemian style. And then, yeah, then you got like early Munich, which is like me being overwhelmed with the whole different culture of clothing and style in Europe. And then like trying to keep up and like, there's like photos of me with like these big scarves and like, you know, uh, jackets that don't seem to fit right and trying to bring sort of like, so I'm, trying, I'm sort of like culture clashing with like how they dress here with how I think cool is dressed. And then slowly over time, you see me in like different photos adapting and finding my own clothing in this world here. You know what I mean? Like finding it, finding my own little path. Um, and then understand, like understanding what fits for me in a way. And then like, yeah, to always something different with hair. Um, and then basically from like 2016 on or 17, I just only really fashioned a mustache for the most part. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of uh, photos here and there where I let it go or like one winter where I thought I'll just have the beard back. But actually nowadays I really don't like having the beard as much. And I've realized it just, it just really balloons the old, the old, the old moneymaker here, you know, my face, it really just balloons it all up, really just makes it all uh, so bloated and thick. So um, I'm trying to keep that, trying to keep that off, you know, trying to keep the face thin, trying to keep the look nice, you know, I gotta, and also what I've noticed is, uh, and this is a little TMI out there probably, but I gotta keep those dimples present. I mean, who doesn't want to see those darling dimples? You know, mama didn't give me those for no reason. I'm not going to put those in my pocket and save them for a rainy day. No, they are meant to be brandished, worn, shined, and represented. Okay? We got to stand together, dimple, dimple dudes. My dimple darlings, you know, we got to stand together, dimple devils. Um, yeah, so everything's always changed. So this video from Most Famous Surprise, I Bruno shot it a long time ago, and I cut it together with the official audio from the album which I think works pretty well oddly enough like I played it lot basically he shot the video where I played it live I played it like in a one take and um, I kept pretty close rhythm to the actual recording which I was very surprised about and I just I mean I can't use the entire video like every single frame of it I had to chop little moments of it because it's not always in, in perfect uh, sync but um, yeah, the parts that work with the album recording are great because it has me in these like moody shots on a cloudy day, walking around Munich with some like lens flare. And then it has, you know, the, the, the cello playing and the, you know, Vivi's piano and it's so beautiful. And uh, the voice sounds a lot better, obviously, and everything. So I'm uh, really happy with that. We're gonna kick, we're kicking things off with that. And, you know, I. I feel like I'm trying to um, find a new way to promote things. Like I, I find myself, I mean, if you listen to the show and if you watch my videos and stuff, you know that I'm a very silly person. And I think for the longest time, I didn't know how to market my music as a silly guy. Because if you make emotional, like, you know, like real emotional folk songs, or if you're a singer songwriter like I am, you know, you have completely different coins, sides of the coin uh, as a person. I have completely different personalities depending on what I'm doing. And it's, I don't know if that's a skill or if it's like a sign of mental illness or what it is, but um, I was never sure how to promote what I'm c creating in the platform 
where I am the personality that I am. Does that make sense? Like when I am here and I'm at home and I have my, honestly, and also I feel, first off, I have definite, okay, this is off topic now because I'm starting to just list what I think my mental issues are, which are like ADHD and I think sometimes manic. But anyway, um, the point is I, oh, where was I going with that? I, um, oh yeah, trying to promote what I create on the platform where I am who I am because um, when I create something, let's say I'm writing a new song, right? Let's say I'm writing a song like Most Famous Surprise. Um, It's this time for me to be very uh, focused and um, I'm reaching into places of memory and I'm reaching into my heart and I'm reaching into uh, sometimes dark places, um, things I've buried, things I've swallowed up, things I've bottled, um, combining different difficult truths to make a nice lyric or to make a to make a what I'm doing when I'm writing songs like that is I'm reaching into a place that is very serious for me and it's very emotional and it's very delicate um it's a, it's a it's a part of like my psyche and I think a lot of people's psyche that is very fragile and very vulnerable and I ha- and I have to be very careful with it and when I want to write a song from that place I have to be very earnest and very open to whatever comes out of me and if it if it leads to something very real then that's um all I can hope for and it's what you want you want to basically be as specific and as real as possible because that is what life is and that is what people feel and that is how you connect to someone's music um is if you really feel what they're saying is is true for them and because that's how I feel as a listener as well and so I really I try to apply that as much as possible um, when I'm creating something. And so imagine that that personality type, you know, let's say that's type one is, um, you know, this emotional sort of like reaching into the depths kind of person. Um, well, then you have my internet personality or you have the person who is like sort of doing crazy bits on this podcast. You have the really, a really silly person, like a ridiculous person that you're not supposed to take seriously at all. Sometimes I might teach something in my humor about something with the German language or the culture. Or I make some joke, but the point is I um, have a really silly personality and I, and I like to be funny in, in real life uh, as well, but it's very, I think it's very hard to find that balance. There are some people I'm seeing more and more these days through the magic of the internet um, because you have more exposure to more and more people's um, you know online personalities um, where I see how they do it and it's really interesting how they do it. And the only person that I think does it perfect and the only person I can imagine trying to emulate a little bit uh, or, or like wh- who is inspiring me to try and find a balance for this problem um, is a songwriter whose music I don't even really listen to. I don't really like it so much. I mean, maybe there's something out there for me that I haven't heard yet. I haven't heard everything. But of the couple of songs I've heard, it's just not for me. Uh, but it's this uh, Scottish um, artist called uh, Lewis Capaldi. I mean, even just saying his name, it sounds dumb because just about everybody in Europe especially knows who this dude is. I mean, he's super famous, super successful, plays, you know, like sold out shows at the arenas, you know, like, and he's young. I think he's, he might be younger than me. He's either late 20s or early 30s. He's He's a young guy and he's playing... Imagine just like Scottish Ed Sheeran, but better music, uh, which is not hard to be. It's not hard to have better music than Ed Sheeran, okay? But um, around, you know, young guy and plays huge arenas. 
And it's really crazy. And his whole thing is very funny and very self-deprecating. And that's exactly my kind of humor. Like, uh, he's a bigger guy. He's a little, he's heavy set, you know, he's like not so gorgeous. He's not like a symmetrical, you know, beautiful Austin Butler, Timothy Chalamet type. And he plays on that, you know, he does really funny photo shoots and he, his videos make fun of like how these days, you know, the record label wants you to have a viral TikTok with your song. And he kind of, you know, is like kind of meta and aware of that and mocks that and does um, uses like trending sounds in a funny way and mocks his whole persona in a really interesting way. And then, you know, you check out the song and it's like a really like, you know, deep emotional song about, you know, a breakup or a romance that, you know, unrequited love or something. And it's like, oh, Asa, you can do that. You can mix like real something with silly something, you know? I never, I think that was also an issue I've had for years is how to market, you know, the the depth behind 12 songs for 12 friends or the, this. I had some really serious heavy content in Simple Swimmer that I just didn't know how to promote without being serious. And although I can be very serious, and I think if you're having a sit down on a talk show or a podcast or um, an interview or just a chat with a friend and they ask a real question. I think it's good to get real. It's good to like be serious and dive in there and really give as good and good and honest of a um, transparent, vulnerable answer as possible because that's also part of being alive and it feels good to get in there and fucking dig it out, you know? Um, but if you're not in that context, I always found it very difficult to promote or, or, or to do anything. Or I thought maybe I was also misleading people. I always felt, ah, but if I'm too silly, if I'm too funny on this post, I'm misleading people about, you know, how real the song is or how important the song is to me. Um, but I think watching someone like Louis Capaldi do it, I mean, granted, he's built quite an enormous career before, I think, before he was doing the videos. So he can kind of do what he wants and people know he's kidding. Maybe it's different if you're starting from scratch. But, you know, I watch so many different artists on these social media channels doing whatever they do in so many different varieties of ways. And in the end, a lot of them do end up trying to to kind of create content that is separate from their music because that it's sometimes easier to get traction for and then you sort of like slip in your music stuff in between. Um, but it never gets the same numbers, you know, like I don't, it's really, it's a shame. I'm, I make a video about a German word and it can get 4 million views. But if I make a video about a new song or something, it gets like 400, you know, it's just like such a staggering difference of interest. And, you know, there's, you can blame it on the algorithm and you can blame it on, um, people's interest, but I think I really I think it boils down to like people love to put people and to put content into these dividing lanes and these dividing chapters and, and labels and like a perfect little Tupperware like that's you. And if you try to have different interests or share different things, then they're not going to be as interested. It's really it's 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 a complex problem uh, for me or for anybody who need, whose entire career is based off of um, you know gathering new followers every day. It's it's a really complicated business that like this short term influx of like keeping someone's attention being your entire career path is uh, it's fucked up. It's it's dangerous and it's um, emo it's an emotional roller coaster. Um, you know, you can see when you go to analytics on these social media profiles, you can see like, oh, great. I got, you know, 2000 new followers today. Oh, my God. But 116 unfollows. Why would, why, what did I do? What did I, what did I say? You know, it's weird. And you focus on that. It's super unhealthy. 
Um, but anyway, I think maybe now I'm getting at a point where I can care a little bit less about the minimal response to you know the music related posts and just actually have fun promoting the music because you know now I have more of an audience in general, so more people will see it in general. And to just make a post that's funny about um, to make a joke that make a joke or make a silly video that is about the the song or talks about the song or maybe that's all you really need to do just you know because also it's important to know like you shouldn't ever say anything like um you know you don't have to say streaming everywhere or like click the link to hear the song or whatever like you don't want to no one's going to do that no i've never done that no one's going to do that they know where the song is it's basically just like play the song play the song give me something visually interesting to look at or something funny that like I can go like, <laughs> nice. Or, you know, I can just look at, with you know, visually interesting something. And then if the song is cool, it's very easy to just go put, pull it up on Spotify, throw it into a playlist. You know, I do that all the time. I can't tell you how many songs on, on TikTok I have just like stopped because a video looked interesting. Or even if it didn't look interesting, I got to turn off this uh, WhatsApp, sorry. Um, if it, even if it didn't like look so interesting, if the song just was playing and there's something visual happening, they don't have to say anything. They don't have to say a word. They don't have to put anything in the caption. I just see that at the bottom of the video, there's like what the name of the sound file is and it'll say the artist's name, you know, in the little left corner, cause that's the profile that you're looking at a video on. And then boom, I go like, oh, great. Oh, Little Sims. Oh, Gorilla. That's a cool song. Let me pause this video. And I go immediately to the app and I pull a song up and then I save it to my profile. And it's really easy. And maybe that's what I should just, I should just worry about all of that a whole lot less. I'm in a, I'm, what I, the whole point of bringing all this up is to say that like the record deal has gone through. The licensing agreement is completed. We are in it now. The process has begun. The album has been relaunched through Idol. Um, very honored to be on the same distribution channel as like John Baez. That's pretty amazing for me and Air. Um, not that that means too much, but it's just very cool. And I'm very happy to be involved with them. Um, and to be uh, associated with a record label that's signed like really big names like Charlie Cunningham or uh, Jose Gonzalez. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, and let's see what happens. I'm, you know, we're starting off the campaign now with most famous surprise. As I said, we'll be posting a lot about that. And, uh, it's already gotten into like 10 new, you know, tiny, uh, indie playlists, which is nice. It's always nice. Um, and funny enough though, I have to make fun of them a little bit. I have to, I have to kind of rag on Magnus a little bit there of all the things to do, of all the things to get wrong on a, a 10 year, you know, um, licensing contract involving like a lot of money in the budget, you know, royalty concerns, sync licensing, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, basically trusting someone with your entire, like with the, one of the biggest chapters of your professional career. One of the things they uh, could have maybe avoided a little bit better was um, having a typo. There is, I don't know if it'll still be there by the time this episode comes out, but uh, since the record label um, released the album fresh the song it's only on most famous surprise but at the end instead of se at the end of the word it is ce so you'll see it you i mean if you uh it might even still be there today but you have to check but i don't know um but if, if you pull up the song on instagram to use it in a story 
if you go to Spotify to put it into a playlist, if you go to Amazon Music, like wherever the song can possibly be found on earth, uh, it goes through this distribution channel and it means that they were loading it into a, into a big website and they typed it in. Most famous surprise. Most famous surprise. It's like uh, ice cream, but uh, surprising. It's like um, a cold, like a cold cubes of water, you know, like surprise. It's a, how do you say, like a most famous surprise. Yes, uh, see, yes. Um, this is not uh, how we sound here in Sweden, but, uh, okay, um, porque son prefe, most famous surprise. Yes. Uh, it's like um, you come to um, the page of the Jordan and the Prince, you know, it's that uh, you like the music of Jordan Price. Uh, have you heard his song, Most Famous Surprise? It's like a price, um, a price you pay. It's, um, you know, like you when you go to a competition and you perform the best of all the other competitors and you win a prize. Uh, but if you open the suitcase and it is not money, but in ca- instead it's a cake that hits you in the face, oh, what is the price? Um, maybe you go to a children's birthday party at a skater rink, and instead of a clown comes Bert Bacharach from the dead dancing on the dance floor. Well, what a surprise! Hey, what a surprise! Hey, I didn't know the anchovies on this pizza. What a surprise! And it was quite the surprise, um, to <laughs> quite the surprise. Uh, that's gonna be the title, baby. Quite. The surprise. Anyway, they're going to think that's a typo when they listen to it. Uh, I'm going to get messages about this before they listen to the episode. Um, anyway, that's funny. <laughs> a typo already. But I wrote him uh, and I was like, hey, um, what the hell? <laughs> hey, bud. Um, what the surprise? Like, what the, you know, is going on? And he's like, oh, my bad. Uh, I correct this uh, right away. He's from Sweden. That's how they sound. And uh, that's how they sound in Sweden. Uh, very garbagey, garbled mix of Italian and French. So um, anyway, yeah, so that's the good news. That is the big sort of like kicking things off this week sort of um, announcement to make. And yeah, we'll go do this for a few weeks. Then we'll go into James, focus on James. And I think hopefully the plan is also to do some um, some like new recordings. Maybe I can do like a like a live recording, like a new sort of like single take of these songs and, um, you know, do them a little fresh. And uh, my voice has changed over the years. My guitar playing is a little different now. Um, I look, as I said, I look completely different. So maybe it's nice that people can associate the Jordan, the Jordan price that they know from the internet with the Jordan price that they know from uh, the old videos, you know, just to combine it somehow. And um, yeah, also, you know, what I've been doing recently, uh, just speaking, just, you know, touching a little bit on this um, social media stuff is I've been really trying to think of new content in general, like and when I say that, I don't mean connected to the music stuff. The music stuff is just, it's its just the music stuff. So I, you know, I have to think of interesting content for that as well. And I've made a couple of, of, of funny sort of semi-announcement videos for this uh, Most Famous Surprise release um, that I'm happy with. And I think they're funny. And uh, I've already put those out this week before this episode came out. But I have to do th- separate things for that too. But um, for my 
regular channel content, which is primarily all based around being an American in Germany, I've had to think about what kind of content I want to do and what that looks like. And um, I was thinking about, and I talked about this a couple of times with some different people, but about doing Man on the Street, which I've been told, uh, you know, some people were pretty surprised that I was interested in doing that. But, um, you know, it's a classic late night talk show or even morning show concept. Man on the Street is it's the name for the premise where if you're watching a, a like a, you know, a talk show, they might cut to um, a correspondent or, you know, um, someone who, like a, you know, like, you know, I don't know, let's just use someone like Jay Leno from back in the day, like Leno or Jimmy Kimmel usually will either put somebody out on to the streets of New York or sometimes they'll pre-record themselves out there, but not as common, not as regular. But like, I don't know, Jimmy Kimmel has this guy that, I think his name is Guillermo, and he's always been like this funny sort of sidekick um, guy, like a guard at the door sort of thing. And he's usually sent out into this into the streets and to uh, I think in LA or New York whatever to to interview people with uh, the most important thing is there's always a premise like there's always a topic you know um, let's say like the elections are coming up and they'll send you know Jeff out into the streets Let, let's let's uh, go to uh, Jeff now um, to talk with real people about the upcoming election in, in a segment we like to call um, Jeff's Joshin the 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 those street people you know or whatever and so when they cut to him on the street talking to strangers and it's cut in this way where it's like fast and funny and you get these interesting answers from strangers that whole segment that whole thing is called man on the street and that's why billy eichner is very popular thing is called billy on the street um and yeah so I was thinking about doing something like that, but the really hard part about that is first off getting it filmed because I would either have to like, I I would have to go to like a populated area with like a tripod and a light and set up an area where I don't move from and have and hope that people want to walk up to me to be on video, which is likely or not likely. It's possible. It's possible. It's not likely, but it's possible. Um, but you're also going to get tons of rejection. People are going to think you want money. People are going to think you're, you know, asking for things. I would have to make big signs that say like, um, can I ask you a question for TikTok? You know, I'd have to make it very like abundantly clear that like, I'm not trying to get anything out of anybody because Germans are obsessed with their Datenschutz, like their data privacy and like trying to protect, like, oh, I don't want you to see what, you know, I don't want you to see my face. I don't, you, if you see my face on TikTok, you might know what my email password is and then you can steal my bank account and then you're going to kill my kids. They're just crazy about that stuff. Um, but I think Man on the Street would be super fun. It could be super, super, super fun. And I could imagine really um, having a lot of fun doing it. But yeah, filming it is super difficult to do um, alone. Because what's, what's actually best is if you have someone filming you on their phone or you have two phones, whatever. I have two phones. But someone could film me separately and then I record myself standing next to the interviewee with a microphone or, you know, the, that second phone that I can use as a microphone. 
and um, record the audio back and forth, and then I can take it home and cut it up and make a nice, fun, nice, funny, like, you know, 30-second, 40-second clip of a premise, a question. Hey, what's the worst thing Germans uh, feel, you know, when you, as a German, what's the, you know, what do you, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about, um, you know, the America, or, you know, whatever, like, you know, what's worse, uh, or I don't know, just some premise, some joke that like will will make the interviewee laugh, like, oh, what a silly question, or oh, I didn't think about that. And then that sets them up to have like really different answers, and then you can chop it up and make it funny and um, put opposite answers back to back or escalate answers, make them like the most intense answers like at the end. And, you know, just, and, you ne- and the thing is, you never know what's going to happen. People might you know, react crazy being on camera. You never know what they're going to do. So it's, it's kind of a risk. And I I don't think I can start anything like that until the summer. Maybe it's better within the summer anyway, because if I'm standing out there now in the freezing cold, you know, asking people, do you, can I ask you a question for TikTok? And they're like, especially kind English or whatever, then I'm going to be screwed anyway. And it's going to be, it's going to be a shit show, but I think man on the street would be a funny thing. And I also came up with a new segment. Um, maybe by the time this has come out, some of you guys have already seen it, but a new bit I was thinking like, because this, the point is this German word video, although I love doing it and I'm not going to stop doing it. Um, and a lot of people still always send me new things to look at and stuff. It's great. And sometimes I think I do a great job, um, just to put that out there. Sometimes I think the videos are really good and sometimes they get good responses and sometimes they don't. It's just the way of the internet. But, um, and it has helped me build a much bigger audience than I ever had before. It's something I can't just I wouldn't just give it up, but I got to make different things. I got to like put my fingers in different pies as the weirdos from Europe have taught me to say, I've got my fingers in many different pies. Like who says that? Why would you do that? It's like, I'm going to put my toes in different slices of bologna. I'm like what? Um, anyway, I, I <laughs> so many different ways uh, you could use that expression. I'm going to put my ear into two different bowls of yogurt. Um, I want to um, try some different things because it gets kind of old if you only focus on one specific kind of video with a very similar formula every time. Um, You know, I've done 161 videos about German words, and it's nice to sprinkle in some different things here and there to keep it fun, keep it light. Um, So I thought, in addition to Man on the Street, which is a bigger um, challenge that I'll have to do later in the year, um, I thought about how to germ, which is like a a very short, very punchy, very funny, um, semi-aggressive, very sarcastic video series about um, teaching people how to behave like real Germans, wink, wink. And it's, um, you know, how to, and then a very simple concept, very simple concept, how to, you know, uh, how to heat your apartment in the winter. You know, and like the the real answer would be just dialing up the radiator like a couple of beats where it's warmer. But of course, Germans don't like to do that. And they, uh, you know, for the bills and for, for Ukraine and everything, they, they, nobody wants you to turn your heaters on and it's so cold. Um, so, you know, the joke is that I'm like how, to, like, how to germ like the real Germans and then how to heat your home in the winter. And then it cuts to the radiator showing that it's at zero and then a picture and then a cut to me uh, on a sofa just bundled up in blankets, very unhappy. And it's like, that was how, that was how to German, like the real Germans, you know. And I think that could be a funny bit to do in some sort of funny 
anyway, it's going to work or it's not, but it's something I'm testing. And um, yeah, I don't know if there's ever anything that you guys think you could imagine some behavior that would be funny to mock about the Germans. Um, well, you know where to find me. So let me know. Um, and I will round out this episode today with a predicament that I'm in. And it, it, it could be that by the time this episode comes out, it could be that by the time this comes out, I've already solved this problem. So maybe now it's a little redundant for those who might know what that problem is. And then you're hearing me talk about it again. I'm not going to give the thing is on here. I can't give too much information because it is um, something that hasn't uh, been announced yet, you know, officially. So I, I kind of have to talk around it a little bit, but the problem can, can still be relayed, which is that I am in a position right now. And again, this might have been solved already by the time this comes out. Um, you'll know next week, but I'm in a predicament right now where I'm looking at an opportunity for me to do something that I'm that would um, excite me very much. Um, that would potentially give me um, a big opportunity in my career. Um, maybe not, but it's all potential, always potential. Um, get paid quite well and build a little bit of clout in the film industry and be able to um, get connected to some pretty big names um, that are also connected to um, uh, like American cinema. Uh, basically, I, I, I'm, I'm at a place where I've been offered a position that has two different sort of job roles on a movie, and it is a big movie, and it will be an actual real cinema film. Um, it is shot here in Munich, and it is um, starring like real, like, Americans, names that you would absolutely know. And um, through some, you know, personal connections and through some experience with the director in the past, I've been offered a position on this film, not as a, a like a leading role, not, nothing crazy, not like, you know, a, a big speech or something uh, in the movie, but um, two jobs on the movie, which would uh, require me to be on the set of this movie for like, 15 to 17 days, which all sounds great so far. I'd get to meet these big names from America. Um, I'd get to work on a big film set. I get to not only be on camera, which is one of the jobs, being on camera, being on the set, acting in the background, um, but also working off screen using my voice. So also kind of acting using my voice with the other actors so that they can play off of my, um, they, you know, so they're so that they're not reacting to nothing, but they're reacting to me in the moment, and then it, my audio is replaced with real, um, real actress audio later. So it's being able to, you know, act really like off screen with the people that are um, really so cool, and then being able to be seen on camera later uh, in a small way, but still pretty regularly, which is very cool. Something that I, you know never had the chance of before and the issue standing the only thing really standing in the way of me just crying with the enjoyment over the idea of being invited to do this by the director himself is the idea that it takes place exactly during the heart 
almost to the day it takes place exactly in the heart of this vacation that I have had planned to go to America that I have had booked since well into last year. And again, maybe this has all been solved already. I know that there was a tight time frame on getting things solved for this, but it's um it's it's been one of the most difficult choices I've ever had to face. I mean, it's really it's like kept me it keeps me up at night. It turns my stomach. It makes me very sick and nauseous to think about um you know, I've had everything we it's not like it's not like a simple single flight of rebooking like one flight, you know, missing a few days. It's like 17 days of work, so you know, our trip is supposed to be from the end of February until April 4th. This shoot would be from the end of February until the end of March. So almost a whole month uh, of being on film, uh, on the film set, which means we have to move the entire trip, move the entire thing. Instead of leaving end of February, now we would leave um, at the uh, tail end of March, which means now not starting the trip with family for four weeks you know, and then uh, having fun in New Orleans at the end and leaving with a wedding, but instead starting the entire trip off with a wedding, um, which is a lot. You're just flying in. You maybe you, maybe we have one day to settle in, um, to rest. You know, get things balanced, and then go straight to a wedding. And then I don't know. Then it's like, hey, do we start off with the wedding, and then? And then go, you know, then and then what? And then go and then go straight back to Tennessee for four weeks and see all the family and then come back to New Orleans for the last week and a half? Or do we stay in New Orleans the first two weeks? But then it's like killing my family that I'm now we've done moved everything back a month and then we're starting the trip in New Orleans. So then we're in America, but they still can't see us. And then go back to Tennessee, you know, or like, do we, you know, or like, do we do two weeks there and then the last four weeks there? And it's so, the notion of like rebooking everything, it's five flights, you know, probably going to have to do a rental car or something. Um, the Airbnb, we got everything at a reasonable price. Um, and then the other, the other little cherry on top of this is, you know, the notion of like, well... What about the money you'd lose from all the booking? Like you booked everything and it was like, you know, a couple thousand euros or more. What about all that? Well, um, the people said that they would reimburse it. So it's not about the money. It's about, can I really do this to my poor family? Can I really do this? And I know that if I were to ask my mom or my dad or my brother, given the situation of the job the the circumstances if i were to ask them if they were okay with me doing something like this they know how important something like this is to me and of course they would say that i have to do it but i know that it would hurt them and i really i don't know that i can do that i just can't hurt them it just kills me and i'm in such a tough spot it's like the toughest decision because the i want someone so badly to make that decision for me Don't, you know you know that feeling when you're just like begging someone to make that decision for you i want the film crew 
I want them to call me and I want them to say, hey man, there's no way at all that we can give you the money that you lost for the bookings. It's not possible. We can't give you that on top of your pay. It's not possible. Then I would say, hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for letting me know. It was nice to try. Um, you know, then it's okay. We'll keep our bookings and, and go home. And... Um, but they don't. They say like, sure. It's, and then it's just like at every angle, it's complete. We know with Efi, it's like it's supported either way, of course. And I, it's up to me to make that decision. And I hate that because the parts of the the details that I don't want to share on the on this just yet make it even worse because it's it's all connected through like very close people, and it's more than just. I mean, even if it was just a random stroke of luck that I get invited to do this job for on such a big movie, that would be enough. But it's also connected to people that I love and like, like really close friendships. And that makes it even harder too, because it would be like supporting, you know, like supporting people that you care about. And, um, I'm so absolutely torn and it's, uh, I don't even, I mean, I don't even know how to resolve it on here because it's just like, this is exactly this conversation, this, this pros and cons and pros and cons and pros and cons is all I'm doing all day long. And I keep having phone calls with different people from the team uh, that give me more and more information. Uh, how about the dates and are they consecutive and can I leave by this date and what is the pay like and can there be reimbursements and um, am I able to come home every evening and how was the schedule like and all that stuff and it was it would all be manageable it would be tough but exciting and manageable and i have to make that decision and it's horrible i hate that i have to make that decision i hate that um gonna talk to some family today and talk to some friends and get some advice and um i like i said maybe the decision is made before the end of, but maybe by the time you've heard this, it's already been decided or something, but I'm not sure what to do. And, um, yeah, I mean, I hate to even like, we had such a fun run and then I get to this like difficult problem that I'm not sure how to solve. And now I feel like I'm just trapping you guys in this like limbo of, Oh my God, what's he going to do? Or, um, you know, people saying, Oh, I wish I could help or whatever. Like, and the thing is, I know that I'm, I know that I'm, replaceable it's not as if like if I'm not there they have nobody I know that I of course I'm replaceable and they would still get the job done and it's not as if I'm holding something up I like it's not like I made a promise and now I'm not sure if I can keep it it's that I've been offered something that although they would be able to do without me what an opportunity um and then but with along with that I'm canceling plans that we've had booked for so long um, working around like my dad's work schedule and, you know, with my brother and everything, they're getting all the house prepared. We're supposed to go in a month, you know, and, um, I just need to figure this out very quickly and I'm going to talk to some family and, um, make a decision. And by the time you hear this next week, there will definitely have been a decision made if not already, because, um, they need to know, you know, they just, they need to know. And it's really, it's a really tough, um, place to be in. So, we have to figure this out. Um, but, um, yeah, if you have an opinion, <laughs> let me know. Um, all right, guys. Well, I'm going to – oh, by the way, I um, I wrote 
I wrote uh, like a funny, not a German song, like a song written in German, but I wrote a song, like a funny rap song, kind of making fun of Germans who say that there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. So keep your eyes peeled for that. That's going to be a funny, that's going to be a funny video. I'm going to make a good song out of it and I'm going to make a funny video out of it and I'm going to make that. I'm going to hit that with the virality of SAR, of uh, you know COVID SARS baby. We're gonna we're gonna blow that one up. Um, I make fun of like how prepared they are for every single weather situation because they have so many different practical clothing. Um, in Germany, you'll find a certain peace of mind. Our favorite clothing line is Deuter. Um, guys, so thank you so much for listening today. I know it was kind of a weird ending, but I think we had a really fun run there for a while. If you enjoyed today's show, please make sure to go Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, give us a rating, review, a comment, just share it around, tell a friend. It really helps build the Artsy Fartsy family. It means a lot to me. Please and thank you very much. Have a wonderful week. Take care and bye bye. Look at baby, the saints are coming through. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Badscheider, produziert für M94.5.